0: You no, as I said, Shakespeare, Wilkie, Cabaret Club. Mm. And, uh, did you do I know the, th- the name of it, though, but, you know... Well, it was... It was um, a long time ago, so maybe
1: I did. Yeah, I think it was Norman Russell and Tony Coburn that had the She Club as well. Uh, and that, that was sort of a big biggish cabaret club at the time, you know. Um, OK, let's go back to the very, very beginnings, because um, I was reading that you yeah, yeah. you first sang professionally when you were 15, is that right? Well, uh, well, uh, maybe a bit older, about... Sixteen, seventeen, yeah, yeah. And you then uh, really only decided to go full-time after you'd worked as a baker, a teamster, and a coal miner. <laughs> see, yeah, yeah. Did you, you really did that, did you?
0: Yeah, I was a coal miner for about a year. I, I hated it so much, and I was coming up for... See, I, by that time, I was working all the clubs and things and doing well around Coventry, that's my hometown. Yes. All around the middle, and so I was going to Coventry, all the clubs there, Warwickshire... Um, all around there, Leamington, all, all, and, and then up north as far as uh, as far as Sheffield, and, uh, and I was doing I was doing very well at weekends and things, and then my my father had the brilliant idea of, of uh, me uh, going down the pit because national service was beginning to uh, rear its ugly head. You know? Yes. Because um, once you know, then I mean, national service didn't end until 1963. And I was, uh, uh, coming up for, for 18. And, uh, he said, why don't you go down the pit? Cause it was, uh, you could still be exempt in those days. You know, it was still, a, uh, people still wanted coal. Yes. Was a very important, uh, job. And so I, I, uh, I said, well, I'll try anything once. He said that the idea was that I wouldn't have to go in the army and I could carry on with my weekends singing and doing my odd gigs here and there. Sometimes in the week as well, I was getting quite busy and, uh, so I said, well, I'll try anything once. And I got myself on permanent early shift so that I could be up in the pit baths in the afternoon, back home and off if I had a job to do, to wherever it was. But even at that tender age, coming back and then getting up at, up past five and six o'clock every morning and going down the pit and doing it, you know, seven or eight hours, then coming up and flying somewhere else. It, it I couldn't stand it after about a year, I... I, I packed it in, and I, I just thought, well, I'll take my chance and go, go in the army. And it was pretty automatic, because I'd turned 18 by then, you know, I was 19. Yeah. And um, I just, as it happened, it was a, I don't even know why I bought it. I bought the Melody Maker, it's still going, you know, music, yes. trade paper. And uh, I saw this situation vacant on the back page, that the band of the Royal Corps of Signals required a vocalist, and a national serviceman would be considered so they must have been really desperate because they, they were a big band, the Royal corps Signals, you know, they were a hundred strong or more in those days. Yes. And uh, they took about 36 on tour. And uh, I, I wrote the letter. Well, actually, I didn't write it. My mother wrote the letter. I couldn't I couldn't uh, find, as they say these, I couldn't find the right form of words, put it that way. Uh, anyway, within a week or so, I had a letter back to go up to Patrick and do the audition and the rest is history and they said when do you want to come in and I said well as soon as I can you know leave my job and everything they said you just pack your job up and uh, we'll hurry it up they wanted somebody to, to learn the songs the repertoire and take on tour with them you know so it was all pretty quick within a, a month I found myself square bashing at Catrick uh, Camp and as soon as I'd done my basic month training I was transferred to the band and that was it they gave me a piano player to ram the songs into my head every day and I joined the band my first gig with them was uh, Wells. <laughs> Well, I Wells. Suppose- <laughs> they got me absolutely profoundly drunk. Mm-hmm. And it was whacking it down with rain and I, the only thing I can remember is standing in the middle of the rain saying, <laughs> cursing like math in the middle of the road saying oh god where's where's my digs where? Somehow I found myself, I found my way home But uh, or to the digs but uh, I, I, I lay in bed and you know that awful feeling we've all done it I think at some time when you feel like Uh, you're turning upside down or you're taking off. It's the most wild feeling and you can't close your eyes because
1: you think you're going to be sick. (laughs) Yes. However. Um, I wanted to quickly ask you um, whether or not it had ever crossed your mind when you look back on your career and, and how it developed yes. um that you know having decided to go uh, down as maybe a coal miner it, you were lucky in the respect that you came out of that quickly enough for it not to have had an effect on your throat because of course yes. you know with all the dust and everything around that was that was horrible wasn't it really
0: it was yeah and uh, that that was i was well aware of that and i was working in um what they call new headings in in the pit, it was a massive pit where I worked at Kersley Colliery, Coventry, and the, 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 the seam of coal was about twenty-four feet thick. It was massive, and um, three different types of coal, and um, I, I was so always uh, aware of that. But um, I, you know, I had no ambitions to be professional or anything then, you know,
1: so. I, I come to look back on it now, and I think, my God, it was a good job I got out of that. Yes. Quickly. <laughs> I've had a couple of calls, by the way, over the couple of days that I've been letting people know that we're going to be speaking. Oh, and, right. um well, First of all, uh, do you remember Tony Hiller? Yes. Well, uh, Tony's on my show each Thursday, and we look at what's happening around London town. And uh, t- Tony asked very specifically to make sure that I, I mentioned uh, his name to you. Oh
0: yeah, uh, it's, it's used actually to meet up now and again in the old days of Denmark Street, yes. and all that. Mm, he was in telling me it was,
1: his, it was his birthday on Monday, so um, y- you know it was, it's rather nice that you can remember people at a time like that. Oh yeah, um, and then um, Paul oh, Melvish. Yes, and I, I will pass that on. Uh, Paul was giving me a ring. Paul's with me on a Monday on my show. Oh, wow. And uh, he said that he obviously has fun memories of working with you. Oh, yeah.
0: Yes. Are they all living over there now
1: then? Well, uh, no, uh, Paul lives here now, and in fact, I'll be with Paul later today, and I uh, would, would imagine he's probably listening in to us. And uh, obviously, you know, as I'm setting things up, like we had our show yesterday, uh-huh. uh, on a Monday, uh, we, we're we doing an investigation into the Merseybeat phenomena. Uh-huh. So we found, yesterday, we found one of the Mojos, if you remember the uh, the old Liverpool group, the Mojos. Uh-huh. And um, basically, we, you know, we're we'd, we'd seeing how life's treated all the guys that uh, were around?
0: Yeah, some of them are around, some of them are not. The yeah. of
1: Liverpool groups are there. Yeah, well, well, I mean, there are so many that actually are still working. It's yes. quite surprising, really. Yes. Uh, Paul asked me, "Do you remember Dennis Spicer?" Well, yeah, as a Coventry
0: kid, Dennis. Yes,
1: yeah. It's quite funny because we we also did a show on Coventry a couple of weeks back, oh. and um, I had one of the listeners phone me up to say, "He says you don't say Coventry, you say Coventry." And another guy phoned up. He said, "No, it's not Coventry. It's Coventry." So I'm I'm going with whatever feels happiest.
0: It depends. It depends on how broad you are or the accent, you know. I mean, it, it sort of borders on 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 Birmingham, but it's a bit, you know, not for sing song. You Birmingham's up there, you know. People always, when they do a Birmingham accent, they yeah. want to talk like that is a bit more down here, kid, I like.
1: You know what I mean? Well, Paul, you, you, down there. You're doing actually what Paul told me you'd do. He, he said that you actually did some good impressions in your act at one time.
0: Oh, I still do
1: now and again, yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, look, I'm, I'm going to have a cathartic experience. I've got to tell you something. I've, de- I've been dying to get this off my chest and I've, got, I've decided today will be the day. <laughs> go on then. Okay, um, I was working on Radio Merseyside. And yes. You know the way you go out and meet, uh, you know, the, the old folks in the, in the yeah. old folks' homes? Well, uh, there was a lady, she said to me, oh, she said, Vince, Vince Hill, I, I love your songs. So she, you. said, she said to me, I love your songs, Vince. Yeah. And I said, well, um, you know, that's really nice. She said, well, can, can I have your autograph? So I had to sign Vince. I'm sorry about this. <laughs> I did have to sign Vince Hill. I hope you don't mind.
0: Oh, it's been done. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know,
1: she was totally convinced that it was Vince Hill she was talking with.
0: Well, you know, because of having the, the, the really the big Music, I mean, as a chart hit. I mean, they're all hit songs, but, but as, as a chart hit, Hayler Weiss was massive at the time. And a couple of years ago, I was in a restaurant in Henley, near where I live. I live in Chip Lake.
1: Yeah, this this is show business, of course. Yeah, yeah, Let yeah. me quickly ask you on a personal note, um, h- how are the floods for you? Not not too far uh,
0: Well, just looking at it, it's, it's gone down now. You see, our, our house is really above it also. We don't... We, it's We're right on the river, but the house is quite high, so we don't get flooded in the house. The, 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 you know, that's one of the things of living on the river. Nobody thinks anything about it. It always comes over the gardens and most winters, and then it just recedes, it goes away. Yes. And then it settles down, but this you know, uh, this July flooding is all over the country, as you well know, it's it's most unusual. We're okay, we're just mopping up today now, in fact, hosing it all down and clearing it away because uh, it's going to be a fine week here and uh, I don't want to be out in the garden when it's all muddy and smelly, you know, because it's a lot of stuff has come off the farmers off the fields and things now, which we never get in the winter. Yes. It just recedes and leaves it clean, but uh, there's a a bit of mud to be... um, How's the away today,
1: to I'm afraid. Well, we're all from a distance hoping that uh, things improve for you all because, you know, we, we, a lot of us obviously still have family and friends that live oh, in England yeah. and we'll obviously keep an eye on what's been going on over there. Yes. Um, Vince, let me ask you about uh, when you went to the 1960s and, and uh, joined the critically acclaimed British vocal group, I'm reading this obviously, uh, The Raindrops. Yeah. So yeah. um, Now, th- was this where you would say you began... I-, I would imagine most people think of you as a, a, um, a very, very versatile singer, and at yeah. the drop of a hat, you could almost change your style and use, you know, your voice into an, a, a great arrangement of a totally different song, you know?
0: Yep, yep. Well, I love big bands, and that's been partly my background, and I, when I get with a big band these days, I absolutely love it. I've done a lot of big, you know, concerts with the BBC big band and the Squadronaires and the various bands, you know, big bands. But yeah, the raindrops, I can, I can, I can honestly say. Although I, I was in a, um, um, a group before them, which we formed in my early days. I was with the Teddy Foster band. Oh yes, band. yes. Um, I was with them for a year or eighteen months, and then uh, one of the two of the trombone players left, and uh, myself and the other singer in the band, we left and we formed a group called the Four Others, which only lasted for about eighteen months. And from the nucleus of the Four Others we formed the raindrops which in the end after a couple of personnel changes became Len Beadle uh, sadly has departed this mortal coroner now but uh, he was uh, he did all the arrangements for us and the vocal scoring Jackie Lee who he married um, who uh, was the singer with the Squadron Airs. Johnny Worth who'd been the singer with the Oscar Raven band and went on to write so many hits as uh, oh, well you know what do you want for Adam Faith and uh, then pour me as follow-up. Uh, well, I ask you for Eden Kane? I'm going to make you an offer for Jimmy Helms. I mean, so many wonderful songs he wrote through the 60s, and uh, uh, and and myself, and uh, we we sort of clicked instantly together. It was just the sound. It was a four-part tight harmony sound, and it with a girl lead, and it, it just it just worked, you know, instantly. Yes. And uh, before long, people were listening to us and we were on. Suddenly, we were on television, uh, and then this radio show called Parade of the Pops came along. Uh, practically all through the sixties, you know, and then one by one the groups uh, started to to break up a bit. Johnny Worth was the first one to go because of his hits. You know, he couldn't. I mean, he was just so much in demand he couldn't be uh, traveling all over the country and doing weeks in variety with us and one night stands and the broadcasts and whatnot. So he went, we replaced him with a guy called um, Brian, uh, and then, um, who else, I, I was the second one to leave, uh, and uh, they replaced me with John Padley from the Jones Boys, remember, um, remember the Jones Boys? I don't know if you remember that, but anyway, uh, and then I, I, I was, When when I went, I mean, I couldn't believe what happened to me then. It's just a matter of how, you know, how how the cookie crumbles, as they say. When the guy came in to replace me, the producer of the show, a man called Johnny Kingdon, didn't like the sound. And he said to the rest of the group, he said, look, he said, you can just use Vince for the broadcast because I don't like the way you sound now, or I'll use Vince on his own and you go your own way. And right there and then, they made the decision. They said, "Well, we'll go our own way." And so I was retained on the show. And from being one of four singers one week, I became the, the featured singer on the show um, every week for the rest of practically for the, for the next six years, which, been, which been... really was my my really it was a my big sort of break, I suppose mm-hmm. you could say. You know, it got me really got me noticed.
1: I've got another name uh, who said that he'd like to be remembered to you. Uh, was Bernie Burgess? Oh, yes, yeah. Bernie used to be. <laughs> is he over there? Well, Bernie he is. He's He's gone to, I think he's in um, uh, Switzerland at, uh, at the moment, but uh, he, he's a gentleman who comes in every now and again, a good friend, and tells us all about the good old days, of course. Oh,
0: yeah, well, of course, he was married to Ruby Murray. Uh, of course. Time. And, he, and then... Um, He
1: used to book me, Bernie. Yes, he told me about all this. Yeah. And in fact, I mean, when when we first met up and I couldn't believe, uh, you know, that he was telling me about Ruby. Of course, as we all grew up up and a great record of those five songs in the charts and all that, you know. Um, I don't
0: think anybody's had a record like that. No, uh, apparently. Straight
1: off, five in a row, bang. he, He tells me that the only one that's anywhere near it ever is Madonna. Yeah, well... And, and apparently she still doesn't really have the same uh, record that Ruby had.
0: No, it's a, and also it's a different field, that sort yeah. of, you know, the Madonnas and Supergroups yes. and things like that. When I look at myself sometimes through the years, I think, what have I done wrong? I've
1: yes. got <laughs> <laughs> a of voice for you to listen to for a second. Here we go. Okay. You're listening to Vince Tracy on OCI. 94.6 FM for the Costa Blanca and 101.6 FM for the Costa Del Sol. And as Michael Caine would say, not many people know that. Do you know who that is? I'm trying to think. It's... Is... <laughs> It's is Paul. Somebody doing an impression of somebody. Yes, the person. No, it's it's Paul. It's Paul Malvern. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, uh, the reason why I played that is because you know we were talking about you doing your impressions and uh, looking at the sleeve on the CD. Um, apparently, you, you you know was it Tony Bennett? You do a pretty meme, Tony Bennett.
0: Well, uh, not so much, but he's my he's uh, if anybody's ever. Um influenced me is it's it's, it's bennett I, I went to see him a couple of months ago at the albert hall and he's still great at 80. Yeah. he doesn't overtax himself too much he doesn't do any more than one song at a time you don't do five or six minute medallies or anything like that but, it, but uh he's just lovely to watch he still just does it for the sheer enjoyment of it well and the money of course that's <laughs> those, but you can tell he just still enjoys every minute of it and he's if anybody's had a Blimey, a second career he has because he was really in the doldrums in the in the 60s and 70s but he sort of came through it and he's now he's always has been the heir apparent to Sinatra I've always felt that he's certainly there now yes
1: and good luck to him I want to look at the the content of some of this, uh, of the, the CD Evergreen in particular, to look at first, because uh-huh. you've got some really, really interesting songs. I suppose, uh, as we've talked about your versatility, it doesn't really matter where they come from, but I, I am interested and intrigued to know, um, you, you know, for example, you've got Kenny Rogers there, which I, I wouldn't have immediately identified your singing with, but, I mean, is it somebody that you've obviously admired his work and you wanted to record him? Well, it's, well which
0: song is it, you're um,
1: I'm looking
0: at Ruby. Don't take your love to oh, town. Oh, Ruby! Yeah. Mm. Well, that was really down to uh, um, oh uh, the guy who recorded me. Um, oh Christ, Mackay, his name. Is, and and um, he he um, he suggested that song to me, and uh, he just, it was, I, I just loved it, you know. So mm. I did it. Um, but uh, Kenny Rogers, I used to do one or two Kenny Rogers um, songs in my act and I, I, I like uh, some of the country songs because um, not that that particular one is a country song but the sentiment of it appealed to me the lyric appealed to me and I love country songs uh, because of their lyrics some of them are very direct yes you with know, a yeah. blanket on the ground you know you know what he's talking about <laughs> you know? um,
1: and then I notice also you've got um, the uh, you've got a Neil Sedaka song on that yeah
0: well I, I, I know uh, I know Neil I've worked with Neil in my television days i had Neil on the show when I was doing, they sold a million the musical Time Machine. Uh, I can't remember which one he was on. Might, maybe both. I don't know. We always get him. We always got him when we could. But um, and uh, on, I did a, an album some years ago in the seventies called Singer Song of Sedaka. They were all Sedaka songs, and um, he wrote a song especially for me on the album called Today is Shelby's Birthday, um, and I've I've got the still got the old de- demo disc because then those, we, didn't, we didn't have tapes and CDs then it was demo discs you know acetates as we used to call them Yes. Uh, of him on a clanky old piano uh, playing this song that he'd just written when he was on his holidays in the Catskill Mountains with his wife believer and <laughs> him saying hi Vince mm-hmm. here's this song it's called today is Shelby's birthday I'm going to play it for you on this clanky old piano <laughs> you wouldn't believe it and like so many pros a lot of the stuff that they use and play on for their own just for their own use, is terrible. <laughs> you often fire that with prose, I have anyway, through the years. Yes. But, but uh, yeah, he, he's a wonderful songwriter. He's one of my favourite writers, in fact, because he's managed to sort of bridge the gap between the two ages, the young and the and the old. He still comes
1: over here and packs them out, you know, from time to time. Well, um, uh, uh, two weeks ago we had... Um, uh, um, oh, we Who did... Um, is this the way to Amarillo? Ah. Tony, Tony Christie Tony Christie, what I was thinking for a second Yeah, yeah well, and, and he was telling us that apparently that song was written by Neil Sedaka and when it came to the sha la 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 bit yeah. he, um he, they were going to write words to it yeah, and it was—I mean, these are little things which mean such a lot when you actually hear the song, and oh, yeah. you watch how everybody joins yeah. in. Now it's—it's it's just so nice that a big song has that attraction for people, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, I
0: know. I know Tony quite well. We toured together, in fact, over here a few years back. Now I did a big band tour, funnily enough, and um, when that happened, I—I I, I wrote to him because it was all because Peter Kay the comic did a trick version of it in one of his shows, you know. Yes. And suddenly it brought it to everybody's notice again. So I, I get a card from from, uh, from Tony every year and, and uh, I wrote <laughs> a Christmas card and uh, when I sent mine this year, I said, do you think you can get Kate to do a trick version of Adelweiss? <laughs> <I mean>, do, <laughs> do you
1: do that need one? Again? I tell you, that song, every time we play it, it's uh, it's just a fantastic song. Do, do you tire of singing it yourself?
0: I wish I could more like it what i've tried to do is get emi who recorded it originally to um to do a, 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 a sort of a one-off celebration reissue single of it because it coincides with the the show that came out this year of course yes. you know the sound yeah. of music but i i just yeah. You know, they, I just thought, oh well singles don't sell, you know, we can't
1: sell singles what, anymore. What about a, a duet with Connie, you know, the, the new singer? Yeah, it'd
0: be brilliant, yeah. I could yeah, it could be quite Well cool. there was talk of me actually um, you remember at the beginning of the of, of the show, I, I don't know if you got this news over there, but the guy who was originally going to play Von Trapp um, he, he hadn't done any live shows for many years because he's a, he was a, in a television soap and in the end they uh, he decided to walk, you know, they, they the, he, he sort of got uh, sacked, sort of thing. Is yes. That's um, an impolite way of putting it, but um, that's what happened, I think. Um, because he, he, he was a, it's a big effort, you know, when you haven't done live shows for a long time, to be doing eight shows a week, sort of two or three hours a show. Yes. Anyway, with that and people knowing that I had recorded um, Edelweiss and had the hit, show from, hit song from the show, uh, the press were around saying, "Are you going to? Are you going to do von Trapp?" And you heard "Edelweiss." That's the song he sings. It's the only song von Trapp sings, you know, yes. in the show. And it's like a, um, it's like a national anthem. It's a song when they sort of escape, as I remember, over the hills, you know, at the yes. end. And he, I mean, it's a, it's not a love song. It's, I mean, it's, it's crazy, really. It's, I mean, the last line is "Bless my homeland forever." Yes. And uh, and then I suddenly I started to think about it, and I was in line for it. In fact, Andrew, Andrew Lloyd Webber had actually written to me and said when it comes to auditions for it you'll be in the mix but i think they had realized at an early stage and then i suddenly realized when people started to uh, ask me and um especially when connie fisher one you solve a problem like maria suddenly realized here am i i'm in my early 70s and she's 23 and you have to do a love scene where I like, said, I can't be doing that. People would think I'm a dirty old man. I well, said <laughs> that wouldn't be right at all. Oh, Mind lovely. you, a lot of blokes that I've told us, oh, you're mad. You should, have, you should
1: have had to go. Vince, I'm afraid we are coming up near the end of our time together, but I want to ask you a couple of things before we finish. And yeah. the first thing that I want to look at, um, you know when you uh, went out to do the cruises, is yeah. that an area of your work and your life that you particularly enjoyed?
0: Uh, I enjoy it sometimes, not always, but I enjoy it. Uh, I, I, I did one um, in, in April, that's the first one I'd done for, oh, uh, about two or three, well, at least two, two and a half years, and that's the first one. I, I don't, I've cruised through the years since my early part, my early career, but never. As a, I've never been a regular cruiser, now I, I just do it, and I enjoy it now and again. I was on Royal Caribbean, actually, that's the first time I've done that. Yeah. Beautiful ship. Um, and I, 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 it was lovely it was a beautiful ship it was massive you know yes but uh, I mean oh, but it, my, I didn't enjoy it in the end because it was so i mean it was so awful what I had to go through to get there in the end I had to meet the, should have met the show met the ship in Bermuda and when we got there uh, the storms were so bad it couldn't get in. and get up. A-
1: Just again reading from the the sleeve of the CD that um, a, a part of your shows these days is uh, you have a, a question and answer set.
0: Yes, I do a show called uh, I'm Still Standing. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and, with, with apologies to Elton John, yeah, uh, but uh, actually I do I do it now, but I don't use that song. But yes, I do. Uh, it's a two hours and it, it's like got everything in it from Cole Porter to Angeloid Webber You know, it's uh, Gershwin. Cole Porter, Andrew Lloyd Webber, uh, and Jerome Kern. I mean, I've always done that kind of stuff. It's very hard to sell uh, in in this country without the sort of American hype. Yes, you know, uh, you get the blaze and people like that, and Parkinsons play, plays and all these the, the sort of DJs. It's wonderful. It's funny, but you, you hardly hear any of these guys that play that music. They hardly play anything British. So saying, Michael Parkinson did play me a few weeks ago.
1: <laughs> well, I have to tell you, we have lots of people out here who probably have all been to your shows. They're probably... Oh, i oh,
0: sure. I'd love to come over there and do some. Well, look, I've, I've, it's, it's been up for two or three times that people say to me, how would you like to go to Spain and do a show? And what about, you know, uh, then two or three different places they mention? I say, yes, 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 okay. But it never materialises. I
1: don't know why. I've got Robert's number, and, yeah. and uh, we're obviously uh, communicated uh, on emails. And I think we are now beginning to get to a stage where some things could happen. In actual fact, because Great. Um, you know we've got some lovely venues. I don't know. For example, have you ever uh, ever heard or worked at um, Benidorm Palace? No, that's one that's come up. It's a gorgeous venue. I mean, really, the show that they've got there this year is absolutely splendid, yeah. and uh, I, I believe that it's got the the, the largest stage in Europe, apparently. Yeah. It's uh, it's a massive place, it's a, it's a, and the venue is is a venue. And um, Tony Christie's there, in actual fact. He t- yeah. Well, um, he used to live in uh, Alicante, didn't he? Well, yes, oh, he, right? he he was telling me about that. And I it, think he's moved back here now, hasn't he? He, he sure. has. Yes, and, um, I mean, I didn't live in Spain at the time that he, he had lived in Spain. Yeah, but, yeah. um, I'm pretty sure that it, it's like a lot of things, uh, some good ideas are, are around and then they get shipped to one side. But I, I'll, um, when we, we've finished, I'll try and get back to, uh, Robert and, um, maybe we can put some ideas together. And obviously I'm sure that our, our listeners would love to come out and see you working again.
0: Well, that'd be lovely. When's the best time to come over there, winter or summer?
1: Well, I think for the market that would remember, um, Edelweiss and those lovely songs that you've got on your new CD. I would say the the best time is really between September and October, um, right through to about May, and it's a lovely yeah. resort. You... That
0: could be all right. I mean, I'm not working as much as I used to now. You know, I don't I don't want to wrestle around. I just do. I work when the phone rings if I fancy it. But I'm, I'm doing. I've got Keswick in, in September and then Cromer, um, Redditch
1: Got a, I've got some, some ideas already forming in my head, and uh, basically, um, I've, I've got a couple of numbers that I can try and put two people together. So, um, Vince. Um, well, Robert's the guy. Talk yeah, to him, yeah. I'll, I'll put it down on the emails to, to Robert, and then obviously, um, hopefully, something will happen. And then when you come here, we can introduce you to uh, OCI, and you can actually come and see the station and everything. Lovely. Lovely. Well, Vince, thank you so much, by the way, for sending me the, the CDs, which we're going to give away as, as prizes on the station. And thank uh, you. then. Well, that's okay.
0: Uh, well, uh, both the albums are great, but uh, I think the the uh, Ultimate Collection, we, we just put that together quite quickly. We couldn't get everything on it, but we got the maximum amount on it that we could, and uh, and we had to take about four off in the end, because we just couldn't get that many on a CD. But uh, I was surprised when I played it through myself with just how the album has come together. There's just some lovely stuff on it you know what i mean i don't mean necessarily because of my singing but there are some you know some great songs it might as well be string spring and love look away that's great uh, mm-hmm. Ivan am song my life belongs to you it's a great song because i did either played Ivanovello novello in a musical that we put together a musical play in the um 89 90, and went on tour with it and it was a joy to do it's great
1: music overlooked very much now. And I, I should certainly be playing these from time to time on my shows on OCI here, so... Yeah. And, of course, the hits,
0: Look
1: Around and Picardy and all those yeah. things, but Vince, it's been a real pleasure having a chat with you.